Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is so good to be back with you this week. I'm excited and encouraged about uh, what we're going to discuss today in the blogs later this week. And of course, wrapping up with Friday's podcast as well. I hope you are doing well. You know, so often uh, I speak with people in varying degrees of, of recovery. Uh, my friend uh, Stephanie the other day, she just took um, a 30-day chip, which was pretty doggone sensational um, and I'm so proud of her and, and I heard from my friend Julian last night and Julian is coming up on 30 days as well and 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 my nephew Peter with uh, with nine months this uh, last week and a half and all of the celebration going on uh, Shell uh, Campbell just had um, uh, six years uh, another uh, friend of mine, um, Monet, she had celebrated four years. Everywhere around me, we are celebrating this new life that we live and this opportunity for us to grow and to be a part of things in a way that we weren't a part of before. We restricted our own access to living, and that is a very, very sad thing. Today, I want to talk about need. We, we all have needs, right? And, and, and need is such an important thing. Need is something that has to be met within us as we even seek to meet the needs in other things. And if we deny ourselves uh, the needs, then we sort of go and wither away. Our needs need to be met. One of the challenging things, though, as part of recovery is finding out what the needs really are because in the middle of our addiction, what we were saying we needed was actually killing us. And so we have to sort of strip everything back and then move forward introducing different things into our life to finding out what we really need to have this life that we say we want to have. It's almost similar to what a what an allergist might do if you have some allergies with uh, certain things in life, either atmospheric or, or food or, or medicine or what have you. Like when you go in for a surgery, they'll ask you, are you allergic to anything? Uh, you know, even... Um, uh, uh, are you allergic to like uh, the the glue or the components like as far as band-aids go and wraps go and are you allergic to any particular type of drug because even though you might need something they need to make sure that what they're giving you isn't uh, going to bring you harm and so just because we think we need something doesn't mean it's good we just think we need it so we're going to talk about what we need today and and really what is a need defined need and i love this definition in uh, dictionary.com it's a requirement 
necessary duty or obligation. So not only something that we might need to get, but it also might be something that we need to do, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a lack of something wanted or deemed necessary, right? We need air. We, therefore, we need to breathe, right? If we don't do that, we die. And, and, and we go from there. Um, air is our number one basic need. And then there's probably water after that and so on for the sustenance of just basic human life. And then we go on with meeting other needs in the other domains, the emotional, the physical, the psychological, and the spiritual. Need is also defined as an urgent want. An urgent want as something as of something requisite, something that is necessarily needed for me to complete a task. Uh, a need is also a necessity arising from the circumstance of a situation or a case. So it might not be anything that we, we thought we needed or we need on a regular basis, but maybe it's something based on a particular event in our life, whether it's one time or frequent or what have you, but we need it for that moment. And we'll identify it as the situation arises. We go in and we think that this is all we need to accomplish this. And then we find out, no, you need to go back and you need to get more because that's not going to be enough to, to meet this need. One of the most interesting concepts of meeting need, and I learned this when I was in college. As many of you know, you know I got clean and sober back in 1986. I went back to college uh, in 1993 and I got my degree in alcohol and drug studies and subsequently entered into the, the treatment arena and various modalities of treatment and social model, medical model, uh, court appointed, DUI instructor, dual diagnosis. I've, I've had an opportunity to be in so many different uh, professional arenas and it's really helped broaden my understanding of me, uh, but also my ability to help others. And of course, now into treatment centers and, and the prisons and things like that where I volunteer my time. Well, along the journey of getting my degree, you know, you go through psychology and sociology and all the other classes uh, in the core classes that I needed to take. I came across this cat named Abraham Maslow. Abraham Maslow, he, uh, according to Wikipedia, he, well, he died in 1970, um, and, and he was born in, in uh, 1908, so he really didn't live that long. However, what he, what he left behind is something I think we in the, in the helps arena, in the caretaking arena, really come to understand in terms of the development of someone else when they come into us as we came in morally bankrupt and bankrupt really on every level to learn how to put some order to some things to achieve the the goals that we want to achieve and and Maslow back in I think it was like 1943 he developed this um this approach to psychological health and he discussed it on trying to uh, 
like create a predictable table on on innate or something that's part of us in in human need in terms of the priority of meeting that need uh, and it would culminate or finally get to a place of uh, uh, self-actualization right where we find out who we really are and we become that person and again so you know we start with air and then we go to water and then we go to sustenance and then we start meeting these other needs moving out again kind of like um, that inside out approach to change and quality as Dr. Covey would would talk about but the the hierarchy of needs and maybe you've come across this before uh, maybe you haven't Maybe you would agree with all of it. Maybe you'll agree with some of it. Maybe you won't agree with all. You know, one of the things that Dr. Nesman, Donald Nesman, one of my uh, professors in psychology, uh, and when I was pursuing my degree in San Bernardino, California, uh, Dr. Nesman introduced me to this um, concept, and it was called the rule of thirds. And and as Dr. Nesman would explain the rule of thirds, he said. There's going to be a third of the people who could take or leave your information or anything that you're giving. They, it doesn't matter to them. They might appreciate it. They might not. It really doesn't matter very much to them. They can, they're in that take it or leave it, and that's a third of them. Then there's a third who are just going to debunk, and they're just going to from the get-go, they're just going to say, I don't like this message, I don't like this person, I'm going to disregard, I don't like the content, what have you. But they're going to say, heck no, I'm not even going to um, uh, entertain that. And then there's another third, a higher level third, who will listen to the podcast, listen to my content and say, you know what, I think Robert is on to something. You know, I like his content, I like how he delivers it, I like his um, enthusiasm, I like his authenticity, whatever, I'm really, sign me up for recovery guy, I dig it, let's roll. So we have thirds. Now here's the thing, number one, that third can be very fluid, right? Very rarely will the people on the bottom third rise up and jump to the top third um, of liking, but maybe they move up to the middle and then once they get to the middle, then they move to the top. Or, or maybe I get old for some people, and they go from the from the top down to the to the middle, and then down to the bottom where they're in the bottom third. Or maybe something happens either way to the people in in the middle, right? And so again, the rule of thirds is a is a fluid thing. However, it's really true. So this may be the same thing for you. So wherever we meet along this line. I hope that you take something from it, uh, no matter what it is, and, and you do something with it, because at the end of the day, we are a compilation of the information we gather. Uh, outside of my particular uh, work of faith, which is, of course, the Bible as a Christian, there's very few things beyond that, outside of that, that I, that I believe in its entirety. I'm more of a, everything outside of my grounded faith, uh, I'm sort of like a patchwork of, of things I've learned along the way. And, and I, um, I, I think you're the same way as well. It's even like when Laura and I were going out to find a place to eat, what do we want to eat now? What do we feel like? What, what's going to work for this particular type of hunger 
that we have what's going to meet that need and so the same thing here so this might be something that you study on that you put aside maybe maybe you're in the helping arena and you're looking to assist someone and they're sort of stuck in one of these areas uh, but let's go ahead and talk about them uh, dr maslow he he talked about there's three types of need and this is almost like on a food like at a pyramid type of thing and you can easily find this information wikipedia just google online uh, maslow um, uh, hierarchy of needs and you'll find more information uh, than you might have wanted but certainly everything that uh, that you would ever need for that so he talked about the the basic needs the psychological needs and then the self-fulfillment needs so three categories of basic psychological and self-fulfillment needs and as always i'll drop the notes uh, uh, in this podcast so you can copy them down and again even the link uh, to where i found this information here so as far as the basic needs go and and as as i previously indicated it's food water warmth and rest and i would even include air right breathing the 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 what gives us the it's vital to our life that's why uh, and as an anesthesiologist, as I mentioned before, that's really all they do uh, in, in terms of their practice because if you stop breathing during surgery, the likelihood is you're going to die. And so what they try to do is mitigate your pain uh, so you, even, you don't even have any involuntary muscle re- reaction, but they hover you right up, they suspend you right above death, right, Vita vital uh, to to living is of course breath so i would actually add breathing here so then we have food right we we have to eat right what we eat and you know and and what our body likes and whether you're a vegetarian or a carnivore or or a vegan is is not relevant it's are you getting that physiological need met by what you eat right as as a former compulsive overeater and a person who was bulimic and and uh, morbidly obese uh, i had to understand what food you know i would think that i needed it but i really just wanted it so again we're talking about basic needs of course we need water we need to be warm right uh, and we need to get our rest. And I like rest over sleep. Just because I'm sleeping doesn't mean I'm at rest. And I don't need rest and sleep. They can be independent of each other. The, the sooner I find rest, the, the more rest I will get while I sleep. And it'll even make my sleep better and deeper and more comfortable. So those are the, the physiological needs food water warmth or rest the next one is going to be safety needs i need security and i need safety so i not only need to feel secure and to feel safe 
I need to be safe. And that's just a basic need. <clears throat> As a person who was involved in a, in a drug addict life, dealing drugs and doing drugs and driving drunk and, and all the things that we did that, that had incredible amount of risk factor, uh, I was being safe was never a real concern of mine. I considered safe. Did I have enough alcohol? Did I have enough drugs? Uh, you know, did I have enough uh, sexual opportunity? Uh, did I have a, a, enough cigarettes? You know, that's when I felt safe, when I had all of those other things um, that helped medicate me. Uh, when I had enough of those, then I felt secure. Then I felt safe. Uh, you know, without those things, I likely would not. Then the next level on the pyramid goes into our psychological needs, where where our thoughts live. What what it's beyond the physical. It is now the the mental, the psychological, the area where it's going to confirm it's going to be more of a not a not a reaction as much as a physical need will but it'll be something more thought out something that I that I think is important to me uh, and in this arena it is intimate relationships and friends intimate relationships and friends it's it's more about what what um, uh, Abraham would call belongingness and love needs belonging belongingness and love needs and and i love that because you know we i let me own it here i never felt like i belonged did you feel like you belonged if i did it was temporary it was partial i never really belonged anywhere and and if I did, that was usually short-lived because I would normally live out my welcome and they would either find me out or I would think that they would find me out and I would go somewhere else. In this arena, in this area of wellness, I belong. I was telling my friend Angela that she has incredible value because of who she is, not because of what she does. So we belong because who we are. We used to attach everything with what we did and what we did, what we were doing anyway, was being a failure in life. Therefore, could we have a successful relationship on a psychological level when, when spiritually and emotionally and physically we, we knew that we were being a failure? Would we have any real friends that weren't associated with an external need being met? Of course not, because we didn't live in the internal. That was too painful for us. We had to live in the external. So belonging is based on who I am, not what I do. That sense of being home, right? I don't know about you, but I remember the first time I walked into a 12-step meeting and I realized I never had to go anywhere. It was kind of like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz at the end of the movie. She you know, finally said, you know, I just realized that if I'm ever looking for anything, I, I don't have to look any further than my own backyard, right? That is belongingness. That is having a love need being met. When I first moved out to back to Southern California from Las Vegas back in uh, 
the summer of 1987 after about uh, 14, 15 months of being sober. I wanted to get out. I wanted to see if I could do it somewhere else. And so I moved to Southern California and I lived in uh, uh, Brea and I would go to the uh, Fullerton Alano Club and the 401 Club. And, and so my friend, uh, Bill, he was my temporary sponsor. And as I wanted to uh, make sure I was having contact with someone on a daily basis uh, since Jack was in Las Vegas, and I went to Bill and, and, and I talked to him about my love needs and, and relationships. And, and he said, Robert, you know what? You don't, you don't have relationships. Uh, uh, you know, you take hostages, right? You take hostages. You, you hold people or you allow yourself to be held. But, but you don't love, you know? And then he challenged me and he said, you know, and we'll talk about this later because this is a great concept and a great theory. And I'm sure I've covered it in a blog or a podcast in the past. But he talked about needing someone so you love them or you love them so you need them, right? Great, great uh, juxtaposition of thought. Do you love them so you, uh, do you want them so you love them or do you need them, right? And, and a, great, um, uh, a great way to approach one is healthy, one isn't. And, and here the belonging allows the love to be real. If I loved, you know, if, if I was looking and wanting to belong, therefore I loved you, that would be very different. But if I already knew that I belonged and I felt good about who I was and where I was at and who I was with, then it would allow a, a love need to be met. And that is the intimacy of relationships. Intim- and, and intimate is not necessarily sexual, right? Uh, matter of fact, uh, many relationships that I had uh, in my addiction they were sexual but they were never intimate because there was no there was no psychological there was no spiritual connection it was just all physical i would call it many different things but it never was so we have intimate relationships and as a result of that we can have friends and friends are something that's built on a mutual concern and a mutual like and it's that highway of communication with traffic going in both directions and it's giving and taking sharing and caring right it's not just gimme 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 and if i got something left i'll give it back to you the next thing we come to in the psychological need is the esteem needs esteem feeling good and the and dr maslow here talks about prestige a feeling of accomplishment and I like that prestige it's it's a degree of importance right uh, I'm not important because I'm better I'm important in my view because I am a person of recovery that I am a child of the creator of all things and and as we say God don't make no junk right so I am royalty I am a child of the king. I bring in a particular degree of cachet. I have prestige. I I am elevated not because of who I am, but because of who created me. And that feeling of accomplishment in the recovery and the life that I now live really makes me feel good about my feel good, right? It used to, I making my feel good feel good was always about a particular behavior gambling money just for the energy and the excitement or the pornography going to the strip clubs 
and hanging out with women who you can't take home to meet mom, right? And, and then all the alcohol and the drugs and everything that went along with that, I had uh, no esteem. I had no self-esteem. I was deflated and I needed artificial things to temporarily inflate me. And they never did, but they just told me that my state of deflation was acceptable for the time being, right? So now in this, this hierarchy of needs, um, I now have the psychological need being met of my esteem. I feel good about who I am because of who I am, not because of what I do. But I have a feeling of accomplishment because I am accomplishing things, right? And I love the notion of um, Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps groups. It's one day at a time, right? And in the beginning, our feeling of accomplishment is, hey, guess what? We didn't use today. I was a person who yesterday would swear off forever and by 11 a.m. I was drunk or high again or I was back in the casino or I was throwing up again or I was eating a, a you know a 16 slice pizza all by myself or I was starving myself or I was back in the porn studio again whatever right but now this is different now I have prestige because I have a feeling of accomplishment and you can see how they play off each other, right? I have prestige, I feel I have value, therefore what I want to accomplish is important and I have a sense of accomplishment because what I'm doing matters for today and it'll even matter to someone else and even further on down the line. And so I have this esteem need being met. And then finally, the self-fulfillment needs. This is the area of what uh, Dr. Maslow calls self-actualization. Self-actualization, it's achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. Don't you like that? Self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. Now, here's where I want us to have a caveat in that because I will achieve my full potential for today. Very important. You know, it's like look to this day. Everything is about the day. So I'm not achieving my full potential for the rest of my life, although I can as I continue to move forward with this on a continuum but I'm achieving my full potential for today. That is my goal. That is my desire. Oftentimes I fall short and I need to do that 10 step at night and, and count where I did good and where I need to make some corrections and move forward from there. Including creative activities. What are we doing internally? And not creative in terms of, of like an artist would create or what have you be musical or poetic or things. But what am I doing in my mind? What am I conjuring up what am I, what is my mind, my spirit, my emotion, what are they creating in terms of translating to the things that I do that are consistent with this entire hierarchy of need that's not inconsistent with the basic need, the psychological or the self-fulfillment needs. Again, being in alignment is so important because every now and then if I want to take my hands off the wheel, I want to make sure that my truck doesn't go into a ditch. And so self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including 
creative activities. So let's go back over these real quick in Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Again, published in 1943. Uh, go check him out, Google, um, and, and find out more for yourself. But it starts with the basic needs, the physiological, where, again, I'm adding air or breath, food, water, warmth, and rest. And then we go to safety needs, which is security and safety. Then we go to belongingness and love needs when we escalate to the or elevate to the psychological needs. Then we're talking about intimate relationships and friends. And then we go to the esteem needs where it is prestige and feeling of accomplishment. And then finally, the self-fulfillment needs. Self-fulfillment, not external fulfillment, not looking for someone else to do for me, right? but I am now doing for myself based on the relationship of the power greater than myself. So it's self-actualization. It's achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. Boy, I hope this really helped. I'm so glad that um, today we talked about need and things that need to be met along our way. As part of the whole Recovery Guide movement, um, I, I just want to thank you for all that you do and all that you give and all that you share and everything that we're trying to accomplish. And thank you for the resources coming in that have really helped us help other people. I got another message um, uh, last night from a, from a friend of mine, and they have a, a mother-in-law who's 74 years old, and I need to help them now with trying to find a placement for this person to get detoxed. Uh, not so much as alcohol anymore, but they're now addicted to pills. And these are some of the things that I do. And, and when you contribute to this recovery ministry, uh, I want you to know what you're contributing to. Um, and that's the effort that I'm looking to do to free my time up more so I can help people along the way. Not everyone has insurance. Not everyone can go into a treatment center. Not everyone can afford some of the expenses that are required for assistance and maybe I can fill the gap. You know, we know that the government doesn't do nearly enough to assist the addicted along the way. And many of us who could get the help wouldn't get the help anyway. But maybe they can reach out to me through a friend, through a loved one, through someone like you, and you have an opportunity to be a part of that. So if you go to recoveryguide.org, and the first thing you can do is, con you know, uh, download my content because that helps me with my Google ranking. But go to recoveryguide.org, go to the drop-down for Patreon, click that link, go to patreon.com, find out how you can give, how you can share, you know, how you can support us monthly, or go directly to patreon.com forward slash recoveryguy, again, patreon.com forward slash recoveryguy, or if you just want to give one time, you can do so through my Venmo account. And I'll, and I'll put the link in there in this podcast, but my Venmo account is essentially at the, the, the sign for at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three, the number three. So at Robert hyphen P-A-R-D-O-N hyphen three, and you can give a one-time gift. I guarantee you that everything that I get goes into meeting this need in the recovery movement. Uh, 
and and I hope you understand and I hope you appreciate what we're trying to accomplish. Obviously, there's so many people through my podcast that are all free in my blogs and I message people and DM people all the time. You know, so 90% of the people that I work with, there's no charge for that. Uh, however, there are times where I knew, do need to schedule my time and meet that need and therefore there could be <coughs> a charge to a system along the way. And, I, and I'm glad that you appreciate that. Also, it allows us to just provide more material and more time and, and we thank you for understanding and thank you for helping us meet that need at Recovery Guy. So I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.